Welcome to She Plus Me, a podcast that inspires and celebrates personal and professional growth. I'll be your host, Nora Bade, founder of She Plus Me, an educational lifestyle brand. After going through my own wild journey of discovering my most authentic self through mind, body, and soul, I've been discovering what it takes to find your passion and to live your most authentic life. This is the place to be to dig into real and raw conversations with radiant souls from everything natural beauty to holistic health, deep healing, personal growth, and building a purposeful life. Every single one of us has the ability to build extraordinary lives, and this podcast is going to help you get there. You're listening to the She Plus Me podcast, and I'm your host, Nora Bade. I'm sitting down with two very special guests. I'm joined by Karen Furno, an Olympian Sports Hall of Fame athlete and an international speaker helping individuals and teams connect to the gold within through mindset through her I Promise performance. Also joined Chantelle Bryan, CEO of On Point. Chantel helps individuals across the board build careers they love using mentorship through guided support and skill building. Today, we'll be talking everything mindset, resiliency, and how to build a life you love. Welcome, ladies. Thanks, Noor. Thanks for having Thanks for having us. Yes, so excited to be joining today. I'm really excited to be joined by both of you ladies because both of you are just powerhouses and you're just doing so much and impacting so many people on a daily day-to-day basis. So I'm excited to chat about that. Thank you. I'm excited to share. Let's start with Chantel because uh, I I know we've kind of had a little bit of a long history of just colliding always throughout our career so far or my career so far. (laughs) And and I know you've kind of shifted uh, your path. So tell me a little bit about On Point. I love the way you phrase that. We've collided Um, because isn't that just the case in, in, I think, in inter Connected communities like Atlantic Canada. Um, one of our strengths is our connectivity. I think people complain because we're small, but I say that we're mighty because we're small. In terms of, I guess, from, from my career, and I think you're, you hit the nail on the head, Nor. So about two years ago, it'll actually be two years in June um, of 2020, I started a company called On Point, as you mentioned, um, to, to focus on work that was really important to me um, in supporting, at that time, particularly young people professionals in understanding what it was that they were passionate about and how to connect that to a career. Uh, Fundamentally, I truly believe life is just too short to do work that we don't care about. And it doesn't happen by accident. That takes work. It takes effort to figure that out. And and we we don't need to do it alone. And that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is by far and large why we use mentorship um, as a big tool and a foundational tool actually to help individuals along that career journey, not only in the early days of figuring it out, because as the three of us will know, and many others have discovered it for themselves, careers aren't linear. They change, they evolve, whether by circumstance um, or by our own by our own will, our own actions, our own learning new things about ourselves. And so being able to continue to evolve in our careers and continue to learn and grow and seek new challenges, I think is really, really important. Otherwise, life gets stale and boring and who wants that? Um, (laughs) um, But, you know, again, it's it's not like it's a clearly defined path and there are many paths. So how do you choose, right? And uh, I think, you know, I, like anybody else that we work with, I had many paths and ultimately two years ago, 
shows because of, of a very, very strong relationship with a mentor um, who had been, you know, a mentor for born with me for probably four years prior to that, if not a little bit more. And uh, if not for that individual's collision with me, I don't know. It, it may have taken me longer to find my thing and, and to be able to get to a place where I had the confidence and the skills and the connections to start a company that ultimately I get to do what I love every single day. And that takes a lot of gut to even do that, especially when you are so far along in your career and you to an extent feel comfortable in what you are doing and to take that risk and start believing in the passion that you love so much, but also putting that out into the world and bringing it to fruition. It's a whole other journey on its own. 110%. I yeah. had a, a somewhat, um, you know, uh, stable-ish <laughs> job, um, yeah. you know, at a at a growing um, North American tech company, worked there for a couple of years and, and human resources, grew the company, leveled the company out, scaled it back down um, and, you know, could have decided to, to stay there for the rest of its journey until it, it evolved into a different stage. But you're right. I, I think that wouldn't have been true to who I was at that point in time. I wouldn't have responded to the call that yeah. I share with so many individuals now, which is to, to be authentic in what you do and, and to, to build the confidence, even as scary as it is day by day, by relationships, surround yourself with people, you know, like yourself and Karen, who can lift each other up and, and help lift us up as we work together to really collaborate. And, but you're bang on, Nora, that doesn't that, that takes internal strength for sure. Mm -hmm, it does. And so to dig into that a little bit deeper, was there a moment or experience that shifted it and you were like, why am I not doing my own thing? Or was it just by happenstance? It's a great question. I, and I think any anybody who sits kind of in the shoes that I do, who, you know, were, I consider myself a new entrepreneur, quote unquote, and know there's no going back. Um, you know, I think there were many ahas and it was the many aha moments that actually connected together to to help solidify that okay this is the path for me so it was a very intentional decision by the time I got there and don't get me wrong I took my time right mm -hmm. this, this was a journey over a two-year period of time it, it didn't happen overnight um, it, it took effort it, it took you know some really uncomfortable moments um, yeah. you know that's part of life it, it took some learning and it was a series of those kind of almost ordinary moments. But the beauty nor, I had that mentor who was who was watching me or observing in those moments and able to provide feedback to help me reflect and understand the themes. So that person helped me identify and put the pieces of the puzzle together because there were things that I just couldn't see because I was just too entrenched in my own thought process, in my own, I was getting in my own way, honestly. Mm -hmm. So that mentor really, in terms of, in terms of pivotal, I guess, um, catalysts, it would actually be the person for me over a series of moments and reflections and a process as opposed to necessarily a defining thing or a defining moment in time, if that makes sense. And I think that person is always key to your growth and key to your potential. And uh, Karen, I know you probably to an extent, or if not all of your career, you've experienced that, you know, with your coaches. And I know you're an athlete. And so I want to dig into that a little bit and dig into your story because you have one that is also quite as inspiring. So tell me a little bit about, uh, how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Thank you, Noor. And uh, I love 
um, you know, everything Chantal has shared around that piece of authenticity um, and and uh, connecting with mentors. And absolutely, uh, mentorship for me has been huge in my career, uh, starting out as an athlete. Uh, for 20 years, I was an Olympian or am an Olympian, um, retired from competition now, but once an Olympian, always an Olympian. So it was, you know, having the great fortune of having amazing coaches along that path um, that would push me and, you know, keep me accountable, but also they would call me out and things like that when they noticed certain things about, you know, my practice and how I was preparing and things like that. So that at a very young age taught me that discipline of really creating your performance. And so I promised performance, my, my business, uh, mm-hmm. it'll actually turn 10 years old in about 10 days. Oh my God, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's it's been quite an incredible journey. So I started the company with the intention to help uh, organizations and youth to connect to powerful practices and routines and mindsets and things like that. But most importantly, um, just reconnecting on, you know, what's most important to you. Mm-hmm. And Part of the work that I get to do is uh, sharing with youth around the province, and I'm I'm always inspired by youth and mm-hmm. and especially young athletes and student athletes, especially uh, connecting with them uh, just to help with navigating not only those you know challenging times in training, but those difficult hurdles with making decisions coming up against, you know, uncertainty and transition time and transition. So moving from a certain path into a new unknown path, overcoming injuries. Um, so different setbacks along the way, I really kind of get fired up with sharing that um, mm-hmm. just from my own personal experience and, and also what I'm growing growing through right now, you know, like one of the greatest gifts, I think, and I believe of being an entrepreneur is being able to forge your own path and, Mm -hmm. and learn those little golden nuggets from the journey. But if we don't share those golden, I call them golden nuggets, because they really contain so much depth and, and personal growth. Because, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're an entrepreneur, it's, it's all out there. It is out there for the world. And it is. And you're, you're, you're most vulnerable, essentially. Yeah. And that, that, that deep personal growth and learning occurs, right? And, and mm-hmm. it's and and I really am a fan of of sharing that. And yeah, so I'm really excited about your your tribe and your podcast to be able to share along with Chantel on this here today. Well, I well I want to dig into. I, I know you mentioned you know your own struggles and your own journey and how that looked like for you. And so you know you you've gone through the Olympics, which is world pronounced and it's quite an accomplishment and you're also now an entrepreneur so I want to dig into what did that look like when you were you know a youth and you were you know discovering your own passions and figuring that out and also just you know realizing your own potential how did that look like yeah it's I always loved 
to be active. So for me, movement was key and still is a huge part of my practice every day. I, I want to move my body and, and just move energy around. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, when I was young, that was a great outlet um, because I was one of these athletes that got, I was very nervous uh, to compete, but I was also nervous as a student in school. So how that would show up for me is, you know, I would be f- afraid to put up my hand and speak out in class and things like that. So sport for me from that young age was a great confidence boost and builder. And I really got fired up and fueled to follow goals, right? So it wasn't so much the actual doing of the sport, although I love that, like the repetition and being on the water and being part of nature and that calm, beautiful feeling of being present, but following goals and and kind of pursuing those goals for me was what really got me excited. And, and once I started to taste that achievement of whatever goal I had set out for myself at the time, that was kind of what I was really drawn to. And, I, and then I started to open my mind, I guess, to the possibility of what's possible. And that's really where I started to dream and build this big, bold, Olympic dream. And so Chantal, I'm sure as you work with youth, you see that on a day-to-day basis. And I say youth, but really at every stage in our life, we're always dreaming and we always are aspiring to do more and wanting to accomplish more. How does that look like from an individual perspective of tapping into the networks we have and the connections we have to make those dreams come true? Oh, golden nugget of questions, as Karen says. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And, and, you know, I guess I'm going to touch on first a little bit of that. I I think every single one of us does have within us the opportunity to be the best, most authentic version of ourselves, whatever that looks like for us. Oftentimes, what we see is there are barriers, obstacles, I can't placed around that from a variety of perspectives, some external a lot are internal. And it's those internal ones that can take the most time and the most persistent effort to break down. And so, you know, as as Karen's saying, that mentorship for her was, you know, pivotal in, in her um, both athletic and now her career as an entrepreneur, um, where people were calling her out. And I think I would echo that as somebody who, um, you know, as entrepreneurs, as leaders, mm-hmm. we are constantly pushing ourselves beyond beyond boundaries that we had set for ourselves. And we probably weren't aware we set them to begin with. The value of having that external voice to say, no, no, come on, you can do this. Yes, it's hard, but you can do it. Breathe through, learn from it, persevere. And so the then that piece in terms of using the network, using other individuals to help us get out of our own way has been one of the biggest takeaways from starting on point and going through my own, you know, a journey of figuring out what the heck do I want to do in my life? Um, and how do I want to apply what I'm passionate and excited about? And, and how am I going to help other people, you know, find joy in what they do too? Because there are so many benefits. Of that. And really, again, for us, we kind of came back to and said, okay, you know what? There's a lot of work one-to-one 
and, you know, in terms of support, particularly with the demographic we work with in terms of students, as an example, um, you know, they have support in their universities, in their colleges, um, in their high school settings. And in some cases, maybe they can talk to mom and dad or, you know, an aunt or uncle or, or somebody as, as a maybe a mentor that they have connected with already. But a lot don't have that person. They don't have that completely external, completely unbiased person who is investing in that young professional's potential for no other reason, no other agenda other than to truly help that person be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. It's that agendaless connection nor that I think can have the most transformational results because there are no boundaries on what is possible. The mentee sets what that is. The mentee is in charge. You just have this person who's going to, you know, help you get up if you stay down too long, who's going to help you avoid some of the pitfalls, but who's also going to let you fall into some of them because that's how you're going to learn. But Mm -hmm. they're going to be there with you to pick you back up. They're going to fall with you. They're going to get cuts and scrapes with you. And I think that by far, when we look at connection has such a deeper meaning to it than, you know, what we think of in terms of, for example, quote unquote, networking, right? (laughs) Well, and that's exactly right. And I think of it as kind of like really a community and quote unquote, networking or community. I think that's what helps you succeed regardless of the industry you're in or what you're looking to accomplish. And what comes to my mind is I'm sure you've both seen, you know, Michelle Obama's documentary Becoming. And as you were talking about a mentor or an advisor for her, you know, she spoke about her guidance counselor who told her because she was a female and of color and she was aspiring to be, you know, a lawyer and going to, I think it was Harvard. I I can't recall the university off the top of my head, but you know, she was, she had such aspirational dreams and right off the bat, this guidance counselor put those limitations on her. But, you know, it comes back to mindset as to if you really want to persevere in something, you know, you'll do everything in your power, but it comes back to community. And so for her, it was the community of family. You know, she had that strong sense of belonging. And so a big uh, topic that I kind of hit on is belonging in in this podcast, because individuals feel like they don't belong to a certain community, a certain mindset, a certain, you know, they don't feel like they deserve it. And uh, what's very interesting and what's stark about it is the difference of how people define belonging. You know, some people say it's somebody accepts you into a group versus somebody thinks it's, you know, you becoming a part of that group. So it's two different kind of uh, stances or perspectives, if you will, but it's how do you then utilize the tools and techniques and even the modalities of life to get to where you want to get. Absolutely. And I I think also a, a, a huge point is around how do how does one then contribute to that group mm-hmm. right? so I think that's that's such a big uh, it's such a big piece because it's it's not all about just you know taking part and you know being part of the practice and like to think back to my old my canoe club days but it's about how do how do we show up and how do we contribute and how do we share our energy with that community and and can we create something really big right together yeah. and it's and that's you know supportive and that's yeah like just you know authentically 
equal and every single person brings their unique gifts and talents and strengths. I think that's, that's, that's been a, you know, chum, my coach, he always um, encouraged us to, to be that and, and to bring our energy to that training group. And that's, yeah, kind of, I think, Noor, when you were speaking, that's, that's what, where my mind went was that, that time in my life. And that's a great point too, because, you know, uniqueness, that's what we all, I think it's our greatest advantage. Um, but, you know, some people unfortunately don't believe so. So it's how do you come into a, a platform or a space and bring your unique light and just love it and own it and not feel fearful of, you know, rejection or failure or any sense of incompetency. And so both of you have have experienced the same things and also work with individuals to do that. So what does that look like and in terms of the starting point of accepting that? So this actually feels like a a great a great segue and or I guess like a, a great moment to, to to kind of introduce some of the work that really has brought Karen and I together as, as colleagues in collaboration. Um which I to your point when I was thinking about belonging, you know, and, and community, I, I think collaboration for me also gets grouped in there. Um and collaboration by you know I think by definition for me means that you are bringing and adding value and you're contributing and you're gaining value. So it's this mutual kind of give and take that's consistent and constant throughout a process. It's not a transaction. It's not a one and done. It's not, I give you something, you give me something for, you know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. That's Mm -hmm. not what collaboration means. Right. Um, And I think when we can truly come to a space where we can bring our uniqueness, we can add our own unique flavor, our own value, our own expertise, our own perspective, and we can feel safe to share that in a space in collaboration of some kind and collaboration could just be knowledge sharing, you know, for, for certain individuals then maybe that sense of actually belonging without feeling like you're giving anything up. Um, I think there there's some really good, some good tension there, right? In terms of, again, that, that piece of standing true in who you are and, and what you can add um, and being comfortable in that, nor to your point. And, and then, you know, by extension, you start to roll the tentacles out. And for when Karen and I were creating our quote unquote careerism resilience model, what we started with is actually what we're talking about now. It's it's that whole idea of you may be and you likely are experiencing a number of emotions at any given time in your career. Those emotions can catapult sometimes. Those emotions can make you feel like a prisoner at times and everything in between. And yet we feel them. Uh, and you know, and so when we kind of created our, we have a a model where it starts with reconnecting and reconnecting with your, and and my simple mind, I put it through reconnecting with our physiology, reconnecting with our emotions, reconnecting with our body, reconnecting with our mind and calling it out and saying, okay, what is, I'm, I'm feeling this and giving it a name. Like that, the power in even doing that allows us to move from a place of entire shutdown mode, I think, and fear and confinement and things that don't really, for the most part, help us move forward in most cases to be able to reframe 
that fear, to reframe that anxiety, to reframe challenge in a way that is going to help propel us towards our goals. And so I think it's really important in the work that I do, in the work that Karen and I are doing now, where we are being very, very encouraging, at least that's our goal, to say to individuals, look, you you need to experience 100% of what you're experiencing. It's not like a shutoff valve. Mm -hmm. However, we've got to get you to a place where you can move through this. And in our work here, where it's all about career starting, career preparation, career growth, think about all the times, Nor, um, you know, in, in your own career and in the careers of your friends, where there have been those big, seemingly anxiety inducing moments that could be seemingly smaller things, but like going for a job interview that really matters. Yeah. Meeting that CEO or that leader or that person that you respect so darn much, it really matters. And so you're going to feel all that host of things. How I think the magic is in how you be in that moment and reframe what you need to reframe so that you can continue to be in that moment, continue to show up, be authentic and work towards your goals. And Karen, I know this is something you and I have spent a lot of time in, and we, we, I've mentioned to you how much this model, even as we've created it, has come at a really good time for me in my own life. And so this practice of continuously reconnecting with all those pieces and then reframing and creating new routines um, that are going to help move towards goals right now has been so pivotal. And we've spent a lot of time in terms of things like reconnecting to your breath. And I know that's something that was a practice for you that that you've done for years and years. And and nor it's just been one of those things that like seemingly um, not small, that's not the right word, but easy. But but I think we don't take the time, Karen, to honor in the way that you really taught me to do it. Yeah, thank thank you. Uh, absolutely, it is it is such an important skill, and we all you know we all absolutely know how to breathe. So it's not that we're doing it right or wrong, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's just really coming into your own breath and uh, supporting yourself wherever you are in that moment. And I really believe that that's how we show up. Like that's how we show up for our, you have to show up for yourself before you can show up for anyone else is my deep seated heartfelt belief. And, you know, it's kind of that whole, that story of putting on your own oxygen mask first, right. In terms of danger and protecting yourself and yeah, that breath coming into and supporting yourself in the present moment was a skill that I learned as a young girl, um, I actually grew up and experienced asthma. Um, so I, you know, had to be able to experience when I wasn't breathing, um, as fluidly and knowing kind of the emotions that would arise in my own mind while that was happening, you know, fear, tension, but I also was aware that certain emotions were helping me versus other emotions were not helpful at that time. So really coming into the present moment and coaching myself, like kind of trying to be as supportive as I could in that moment to, to calm my breath down was how I could actually eventually open up my airway, breathe into my belly 
and and uh, yeah, that those kind of practices. And I took those practices into the world of sport because I was also an athlete that got extremely nervous to compete, as I mentioned, and fear and anxiety would come up for me, you know, on those start lines. So I knew if I need if I wanted to perform that I had to learn how to support myself through fear. And it's not ever that those difficult emotions are not present, like that we have to be okay, I believe, with experiencing all the emotions. Our emotional energy is an important indicator of how we're moving through the world. And we we need to be tuned into that um, and breathing supporting ourselves wherever we are, however we're feeling, I think is one of those big, big skills. And I've drawn on that more now, like I, I always have, but more in these last few weeks, especially just, you know, tuned in and just sat sometimes with those feelings. Because I think, you know, in order for emotions to move through our body and they will move through our body, it's, it's, it's critical that we, we, we breathe. Yeah. 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 So it's funny you say that because I joked around, I think it was a couple episodes back, one of the earlier episodes. And I joked around saying one thing we were talking about was breathing techniques. And I I said, I don't feel like I actually know how to breathe. And and now obviously we're all breathing, but um, you know, you don't, when you're not conscious of it, sometimes you realize, you know, you're not actually taking full deep breaths. Like you had mentioned that that's just filling your belly and that's really pushing the oxygen throughout your body, which as we know from a scientific perspective, you know, that alleviates anxiety, stress, and there's so many benefits to that. But when you're shallow breathing, even while you're working, you're building up that stress within your body. And so that's something that, you know, I think we say it's Chantal, you, you know, you, you you didn't want to say it was just an easy or simple thing, but um, unconscious thing that we do, but yet we don't pay enough attention to it. And so I, I find it really interesting that, you know, I think that's a fundamental element that we should all be focusing on and it's kind of a building block. Yeah. 110%. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're right. You know, that, yeah. I think that word that you just mentioned kind of um, uh, like we're not cognizant, we're not, you know, we're doing it automatically mm-hmm. and but there's a power in focusing on it. And we talk about it in, you know, in interview preparation, we talk about it in networking preparation, we talk about using breath, like taking a deep breath to recollect your thoughts. And yet there's another level to it when I think the emotions are so heightened. And, and to your point, Nora, if you're just, if you're in that short breath, if you're in that, you start to get into a bit of a hamster wheel sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the power of really focusing and narrowing down and paying attention to what's happening with our bodies to be able to calm the body and calm the mind and then move forward with a clear head. Man, oh man, is that so important in in all areas of life, but absolutely in career, right? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Yeah. It's, I, I, sometimes if I need a reminder, I just, you know, I, I take a little scan of my body and my posture and I find, you know, am I, holding tension in my neck or jaw, you know, so our body gives us signals all day long. And I, I know as fellow entrepreneurs, we're, you know, we, we sit a lot, we, we're, you know, we're in our little offices or spaces and we're sitting or we're 
out and about, but sometimes our body is trying very, very hard to give us some signals. And yeah, when I notice that tension in my shoulders and neck area, I, I kind of, I move my body around, you know, to, to relieve some of that. And, but then I also, it's, it's a cue for me to, to take four breaths, right. To, to really feel the breath moving in through my nose and then out through my throat. And yeah, just trying to come back to that. It's a little, it's, it's a little micro break, I think too, right? Like it's, we spend lots of time in, in, you know, as entrepreneurs, we wear a million different hats. And I think, you know, coming to that breath when we need to refocus, like we can use the breath in so many ways, refocusing energy, calming ourselves down, perhaps. Yeah. Shifting tasks. Right. Yeah. Just, and especially if we're, we're go, go, go from task to task, I find it's really helpful. One thing, Karen, that you kind of hit on that is really resonating with me is when you spoke about emotions and moving those emotions through your body. Because as we know, as I think we all know, kind of emotions can take up space in our bodies physically, but also mentally. When you don't deal with them, that can be a a challenge or even a barrier to growth and success. And so for me personally, you know, I kind of touch on it throughout the podcast. But for me personally, I subconsciously had so many, if you will, emotional baggage that I had not dealt with and call it life, call it, you know, life experiences, you know, we're kind of taught from early on in our childhood and in life, when you experience something, you know, you just got to pick up and keep on going, right. And while that's a great mentality to have, I I think sometimes that eliminates the the process of dealing with it. And as humans, we don't like to deal with things. (laughs) And so we'll push it to the side and just hope for the best. And so for me, it was a lot of personal growth of actually sitting down with myself and dealing with those you know, challenges or emotional traumas or uh, even identifying things that I didn't quote unquote, want to believe um, in terms of, you know, am I capable of doing, you know, being an entrepreneur? Uh, Do I have the skills and the capacity to do so? And then, I mean, ultimately, especially in today's age, you know, we're constantly comparing and contrasting ourselves to our peers, people who aren't even if you want to call them, you know, competition. And so it becomes this kind of sense of uh, our bodies as vehicles become very heavy. And so um, with that, with that being said, you know, for me, I was using a lot of, I don't know if you want to call them taboo, because I think right now they're very mainstream, but you know, um, energy therapists and uh, doing, you know, the meditation, the breathing, the taking the time for yourself journaling. But then also I was doing it on on a solo path. I wasn't really doing it with, you know, a, a mentor or a community or a coach of any sort. So tell me a, a little bit about the benefits of that, because let me tell you, reflecting back, I definitely should have had that person. But for me, uh, from an individual perspective, I that's the best way I work. <laughs> Abs- absolutely. And thank you, Nor, for for really and authentically sharing that piece, because I think you bring up such an important uh, topic around, um, you know, entrepreneurship and, and experiencing that in the world. Uh, and, you know, right now, what we're experiencing is definitely heightened emotions. And mm-hmm. I, I really think that a lot of the emotions that we're experiencing are 
for sure that I'm experiencing. It's this is old stuff. Like this is stuff that I've carried for for years and, you know, things like that. And and for me, in my own journey, it's, you know, I came up against that that questioning voice a lot. And, and, um, you know, as an athlete, I would always over prepare and over train and, you know, things like that, because I was scared that I would show up on the start line and just not be good enough. And the same feelings come up in, in my entrepreneurship journey. It's, it's, you know, am I good enough? And am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? What does this path look and feel like. And I think that we, you know, we grow our confidence. Like we don't just have confidence. Confidence shows up when we acknowledge and we can be courageous to take a step, even with difficult emotions, circumstances, whatever the outlook looks or doesn't look like, right? It's, that's what developing confidence, I think, looks and feels like. And and then as we grow in our consistency, you know, that consistency to courageously step forward, I think that's where we, you know, we, we start to trust a little bit more. We start to lean on that confidence and, and know those skills that work for us. Um, but it doesn't mean that those old emotions don't ever show up again. Yeah. Right. Like I think that uh, like I really think that we carry those and that's part of our journey. It's there's little golden nuggets, if you will, in all of the information that comes up for us. And right now we are, let's face it, we're pretty sedentary right Mm -hmm. now. So emotional energy is very, very high because, you know, we're not able to go out and dissipate and go out and socialize or, or, or however we work with, you know, those, um, our resiliency skills and things like that. Um, we're not able to do those things and it's constantly changing from day to day too. So it's, I think, you know, paying attention is really important. So when we're doing certain types of work, pay attention to the body, pay attention to the energy. How do you feel at the end of a conversation? How do you feel at the end of doing that that work that you're immersed in right now. And, and the, the good news is, is that we can, we can shift our goals at any time that we want. Right. And I think mm-hmm. as, as an athlete, you know, growing up, I was very set in my ways and I knew if I, you know, I would drive hard to the finish line or that goal, whatever it might be. And anything outside of that, I would kind of see it as a failure, but then I started to learn a little bit more about failure and how critical and important it is to step into that failure as important as, you know, being on the start line with that confident, proud chest. We also have to be willing to put ourselves out there and take new steps, right? So yeah, keeping, uh, yeah, keeping that confidence moving and understanding that emotions will absolutely continue to show up. But sitting with that and being, you know, present with yourself, I think is is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I if I may, just I think add to that from, and I think Nora, I would echo Karen's comment in terms of, you know, um, thank you for for 
sharing your story and putting, doing what it is that you're supposed to do. Right. I think by each and every single one of us being our authentic selves, we, we help someone else do it, um, in, in, a, in a, such a, a way that we may never know. Um, but I think it, it's the right kind of thing to put out to the world. Um, and just so that you ladies know, I thought it was appropriate today. I'm wearing my women will change the world shirt. Uh, <laughs> it just, it felt right. Um, yeah. And I think the where, where I was going with the I think Karen in terms of what you were just saying there, nor your your initial kind of musing in terms of you know doing that kind of work alone. I, I think there is absolutely a balance, and each and every single one of us needs to figure out that rhythm for ourselves when the timing is right. However, to have someone else that can soften the examination, because I, I think. Uh, we can be very, very critical and mm-hmm. there's there's critical constructive and then there's critical detrimental. And there is something to be said of the whole perfectionistic tendency um, that I think a, a lot of individuals display in a world where we are um, able to compare ourselves to so many other individuals so easily and, and in a very non-intentional way. Um, yeah. But I think some of that happens unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Um, so having doing the, you know, being being committed to examining um, ourselves, our emotions, our reactions to things, our energies to things um, is absolutely that kind of pivotal internal step. I think having someone external who, again, you know, is there, it's a safe space. There's no judgment. Like those, those, those pieces are critical. I think to have this kind of really good, strong relationship where you know that if you're faltering a little bit or you're really struggling for for self-talk um you know where you know that you you may just need an external opinion and or the value of having somebody as i mentioned kind of observe because sometimes i think we're not even aware quite frankly of that we we may be showing up a little bit different sometimes we are the only ones who are aware of that Um, But I think just as often the other can be true where, you know, somebody can see something in our reaction and go, Hey, what did you just do? And, and that sticks out for me because that was one of those ordinary moments. When we go back to the beginning of our conversation or where you kind of asked me, how did I start to piece things together? It was an ordinary moment where I came back from a volunteer commitment that I have been involved with, which is a group called Textploration. They Mm -hmm. are a not-for-profit that um, helps young women explore careers in STEM. And it's all through confidence building, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I came back from uh, our advisory group committee to the office that I was then working in and walked past and waved and said hello to, at that point, um, my mentor, who was also working in the same company as me. And and he stopped me and he said, no, no, can, can you come back here for a second? No, no, I thought to myself, yeah, sure. What's up? And my immediate response was also very much fear-based. I'm like, okay, did I do something wrong? Did I not do something? So just to give you a bit of a sense of where my mental state was at at that point, right? Most of the time. And he said, no, no, no. Like, where did you just come from? What did you just do? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, do I have something in my teeth? Do I have something on my shirt? Like, what do you mean? What did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I probably said as much or looked as, like I said, as much because I don't really have a poker face. Um, and he said, Chantel, you look happy. And it was just this ordinary moment yeah. where 
I needed somebody other than me to help me fully and a hundred percent appreciate that I was in a very different mental and emotional state from the time I left that office to the time I came back and to think about what caused it. That's incredible. Right? Super powerful, ordinary Mm -hmm. moment, but super powerful. But that just, for me, I love the the overlapping kind of um, how somebody else had noticed it in you, you know, and uh, how, you know, now that's kind of reversed roles where you're doing it for others. Yeah, we call it the ripple out effect. And I think that, you know, that is very much, um, it's a constant part of of the conversations I still have with that individual, even though they're, they're, they're less frequent, our relationship and the cadence has has changed. um, And I'm very much firm believer in that mentors come into our lives for certain, certain purposes in certain periods of time. Um, Yeah. You know, I think we all can benefit from multiple um, individuals at the right stages. And we need different people to push us differently at different stages. And we need different energies at times too, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but very much that whole idea of, you know, I I would ask in the early days and maybe not just the early days to, <laughs> um, you know, a couple of years into our relationship. And I would ask, I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, like, why are you spending time with me? Why me? Yeah. And his simple answer, which I could not comprehend for the life of me at that point, but I can now, is because it's the right thing to do. And because by doing it, you will do it for others. That's powerful. Yeah. Very cool. It's the pass it on. And and I think this is, again, a beautiful example of even this podcast. And Nora, you welcoming Karen and I on today. And by helping each other, hopefully help a couple other individuals as they listen to this. And they will share one nugget with one friend. And that one friend will share one nugget with another friend. And we may never know. But that's really cool. <laughs> it, it is. And and that's what makes every episode so exciting because we're constantly talking about different things. And I strongly believe that both a personal and professional level, you should be excelling. And I think one drives the other, quite frankly. And so um, I know, Karen, you had mentioned questions of, you know, for yourself, you know, notice how you how you're sitting, how you're breathing, how you're reacting, how you're feeling. Chantal, you've hit on the same notes. So post uh, Chantal, you just shared your story. So after that, what did that look like? And then furthermore, like after you ask those questions to yourself and you know, you kind of have, I'm going to say a vague image because that's what it always starts off with. What next? Um, Well, for me, noticing my, you know, for me, my, my feeling, if I could share my little story piece is I noticed when I connected with youth and with, um, you know, just different organizations that I would have the opportunity to speak with, I noticed that I started to, I started to feel really good about, you know, what I was doing, how I was showing up, how I was contributing. And I think, it's, you know, the opportunity to get to share what we're growing through, right? So you do, and I'm, I'm a big preparation person. I, I, you know, plan things out quite a bit. Um, but when it comes to the moment, I really believe that you, you have to develop this. And I think it comes through that growth of confidence and through that trust that we develop in ourselves and in our you know, communities and, 
and things like that. And, and I think that there comes a point where if I can bring you into the moment, we have to take the stage and stand and approach that microphone and and hold space. And I, I really believe it's about being as present as possible in the moment as we can be. That's how we're best showing up. And, and one of the things that helps me, um, because speaking, as I mentioned earlier on in our conversation, Noor, um, speaking for me, speaking in class was terrifying. Speaking, giving talks was, was super fear inducing for me. But I shifted the emotion and the energy to be more focused on how can I help? How can I, what do these people want to hear? And, you know, I, I always had that voice in my head saying, you know, you know, it's not going to be good enough or whatever. Who am I to stand here and speak about this mm-hmm. and share? And I really think it's it, it became about how can I love them? How can I show up in wherever I am right now and how, however much information or experience I've gleaned to this moment? How can I show up and how can I love them? How can I serve in my best possible capacity? And I think that was, you know, that was the one of the last little moments that I had with a live audience. And I shared this with Chantel um, because it was, I didn't realize then how meaningful it actually was. Yeah. But I was in um, Annie Ganesh. I was uh, sharing a session with a, a group of student athletes at St. FX. And we, you know, we shifted the conversation to, and, you know, at that point, just to put in perspective, we were just starting to talk about, you know, are schools going to close? Will we have to write exams? You know, things like that. There was still all of that uncertainty. And the conversation shifted from, you know, what I had planned out to share to being, you know, how can I love them? How can I show up and serve in this moment? And it, it became around resilience. So the conversation around like, what can I be doing? I'm so, you know, the girls who were in the room that night came up and they said, you know, I'm feeling this and, you know, I'm not sure how to deal with it. So we started talking about habits and getting yourselves, you know, into the space where you are supporting yourself first and foremost. And then we knew all along we were going to deal with uncertainty. And it's funny, the very next day, sport was closed. Like all of a sudden everything was closed the next day. And not too long after that was, you know, when, you know, uh, obviously then March 22nd, our state of emergency was announced in the province of Nova Scotia. But then not too long after that, Chantel reached out to me and asked this very simple question. And how can how can I support you? How can we how can we just have a conversation? And I'm I'm always open to having that (laughs) and and co-create and we didn't know at that point we were going to co-create something but I I really and truly believe that you know paying attention to how I felt through that process and through the moments has kind of been my guiding principle in this time and and really tuning in and and you know noticing how I felt while preparing those slides and having the conversations with Chantal and, you know, the, the reconnect and, and things like that to, to share messages. And again, it's about, you know, showing up authentically you in that moment and, 
and then seeing where it goes, having that trust that what you're building feels good. That's the foundation. It's aligned with my values. I'm pretty sure, absolutely sure it's aligned with Chantel's values. Like it's similar aligned values and, and, um, and vision, right? So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we don't always have to know what the finish line looks and feels like, but we need to invest in the present moment. Yeah. Practice the present moment. That's where we have power. And, you know, the finish line will take care of itself and who knows where we'll end up, but being present day to day, that's where, that's what we can invest in, I think. And that rings true to, you know, what you put out is what you attract. And I think that the intention and the presence and the, um, not even particularly an ask of one accomplishment or one, if you will, one goal specifically, but the feeling of, and I think, you know, I, I, (laughs) it's funny because I would never have said this a few years ago, but you know, it all takes care of itself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just, yeah, staying tuned into those, those subtle hints, right? They're, they're more, they're just, they're those little glimmers of, of, yeah, it's it's kind of that confirmation or affirmation that we can have and hold for ourselves. And we need to be able to pay attention to those, right? But to be able to pay attention, we have to be present. We can't be, you know, we're in, in that state of worry all the time. Worry is normal. It's a, normal. I said I wasn't going to use that word. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's a daily, it is. It's, a, it's a, like a daily occurrence, over everything from what might seem minuscule to something big, but I think it's being comfortable with the worry and knowing that you are capable and have the tools and, you know, the kit to kind of deal with it when it comes up. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, like I think back to, so one of the most difficult races for me, and I was a sprinter, so my races were short, but I did do some longer distance races. And one of the most difficult races that I chose to do was the 500 meter K1, which is the single. And so there would be this time in the race and it would be about 45 seconds in to the race and the race lasted under two minutes. So it's an effort, you know, that's pretty long when in the scope of things, you know, it's not over in a flash. And, uh, you know, as hard as you train and we trained about, you know, five hours, sometimes more each day for six days of the week for a number of years. But no matter how hard you trained, you always hit the wall in that race. So, and that wall is in sport. It's like that part in the race where physiologically our energy systems are shifting. So we're changing from our anaerobic system to the aerobic system. And that switchover of energy systems, it's a constant play in our body, but... Mm -hmm. Going through that 45 second mark was a wall and it was painful. It was so raw and you knew each time you were on the start line that you were going to feel that. You were going to have that emotion. You were going to feel it in your body and literally struggle for about 20 seconds until that energy system shifted over as it should. Mm -hmm. And getting over that wall, climbing it, and, you know, first of all, it's, it's kind of like a reckoning. 
Yeah. You're on that start line and you're breathing in and you're breathing out and you're, you're accepting, you're accepting that moment as it is. You're showing up, even though it's going to feel like death, it's going to feel crappy. It's going to feel messy. It's going to feel just like awful. You don't want to go there, but you know, there that journeying through that you gain strength, you gain that courage, you, you gain that confidence and you have to go through it, right? Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's no other way. Um, but yeah, I think the beauty in entrepreneurship and, and specifically female entrepreneurship, if I can share this is knowing that that wall is there for each and every one of us in our businesses, but really knowing that, And I mean, really knowing that there's a community there to share that experience along with us to, to kind of, you know, pump us up or, or be there for support and acknowledgement. And I think that's, that's what the real power is. Like as a female athlete, I didn't have that. I mean, I always held my cards super close. Yeah. Like I was protective because I wanted to win Mm -hmm. and I was, I was very, you know, open to receiving. I wasn't super open to giving back um, because I, you know, I selfishly wanted yeah. to enjoy that success and I didn't want anyone to come in and step in and take that away from me. Mm-hmm. And that's just the nature of our sport. We earned our places in that team through competing with one another. But what I've been kind of opening up to is this whole new world of sharing, of collaborating, of competing with others, right? And it's really that like with is capitalized. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like not against. Yeah. It's that togetherness. It's Mm -hmm. that sharing. And yeah, as I meant, like, as I said before, acknowledgement and yeah, collaboration. So many things in there. So many nuggets, as you say, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the nuggets. (laughs) Um, Nora, if you you don't mind, maybe I'll just, I I think there, and there truly was so much gold in there. And and, um, just to bring it back a little bit in terms of the, something that I think from rings true from a female entrepreneur perspective, from a female professional perspective overall as well. And look, it's not just females that that experience, um, you know, this, but absolutely in a lot of the work that that I've done and part of what drives me personally, as well as in the business seat of of On Point is working with females and getting them out of their own way and and helping them move in their careers in ways that, um, you know, that are best suited for them, whatever that looks like, and as well as supporting and and being a vehicle to support other female entrepreneurs. So doing things like this and and finding individuals who have that same philosophy of, no, no, there's enough for all of us. We can actually create bigger impact by working together. Um, And I think there is so much power in that. If we take it right back to the kind of the foundations of our conversation today, if 
you as an individual, if I as an individual am not, if I haven't done the work internally for my own self to understand what's important for me, if I haven't figured out what is driving me, what my values are, what I'm trying to put into the world and what I'm trying to leave as a legacy, then I don't have a compass to understand what direction to move in. So while I don't need to know what the finish line needs to look like, having a sense of where do I want to invest my energy and where do I want to invest my time and those using those gut checks to be able to do that, I think is such an important practice consistently throughout our careers, throughout our our lives, quite frankly, not just career. And fundamentally though, what I've seen is those gut checks, we often question ourselves and say, am I crazy? Mm -hmm. Is, Mm -hmm. is Is it okay to feel this way? Am I actually feeling this way? And so there's a whole little cycle sometimes that un- until we can get to a reframe moment, until a somebody else, a colleague, a mentor, a peer can help us get to a reframe moment, we can actually get paralyzed by doing our gut check. Yeah. And man, we're stopping before we even start, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, true. You know, so so getting to that space where we can actually trust our instincts, and and that I think goes right to the heart of again the Karen the model that that we created here, which is really that whole reconnecting to your to the body, to the mind, to the emotions, to the gut, um, to your values, to your goals, and and having that all come together so that you know you've got enough data points that you can feel maybe mostly sure that your gut check is is accurate and when you have hesitancy there contact somebody who you know is going to help hold you up and be the external no no you're you're not crazy you're feeling how you're feeling and that's okay here's what i'm hearing you say not telling you what to do not telling you which path to take not telling you what to focus on but rather just being there to listen as you are walking through what you're feeling and experiencing so that you can help identify or that person can help you identify the themes and then you can go okay no no I I've done my my system check so to speak and now I can continue to move forward because I do feel good but I think that is very much an important part particularly in you know these times that we find ourselves in now where there is no roadmap mm-hmm. we're having to figure it out as we go and let's face it as entrepreneurs we need to do that anyway so that yeah. that instinct that gut, that ferocity that comes with choosing this path. Um, I don't think it happens by accident. It's something we need to actively cultivate along as we cultivate confidence to Karen's point earlier. And that's big. That's really big to reiterate everything you said to everything, uh, personal or professional. I think that gut feeling, um, especially when we try and perhaps, you know, justify or find an excuse as to, you know, why it could be an opposite feeling or, you know, why you could be crazy for feeling the way that you feel. Um, That goes back to, you know, just social conditioning and just what we're kind of, you know, what we've been hardwired to think and feel. And um, I, I think we're collectively shifting to acknowledge our own feelings for what they hold true to ourselves versus somebody else. Absolutely. I I think we're in a a massive shift towards that um, and awareness, a greater awareness and and, uh, hopefully greater capacity, right? I think that when we tune in and take care of ourselves from that really deep needed place that we need to hold space for, you know, so much time prior to COVID, perhaps people, you know, we were 
kind of go, go, go and task to task and not perhaps tuning in or listening to what it is that we truly needed or wanted to create. And I think now it has been kind of this moment of pause where we've absolutely had to do that. And I I think that, yeah, we're in this massive global shift where that's definitely occurring. And Hopefully we continue those practices. I know I'm for sure tuned into, you know, even before this showed up in our world, I was, I had to do certain things to, you know, routines that I had set in my day to take care of myself so that I could show up and be on stage and, and wherever I was to show up and serve in, Mm -hmm. in my best self. Um, And, you know, learning that practice and preparation came from learning how to prepare as an athlete. It's the same thing. Yeah, I I do think it's a blessing in disguise, you know, what we're experiencing in the world today. I think it's kind of like a hard reset in a sense. And so with the hard reset, I think, you know, it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's kind of like a clean slate. So I know both you and Chantal keep on talking about what you're co-creating. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we've uh, we've created um, an online virtual presentation uh, workshop uh, that serves student athletes, international students, and the business community uh, right now. Um, And and it's in teaching those very central skills. So, you know, we, Chantel has mentioned, we've co-developed a model. We teach around the principles of that model. So it's in three kind of segments, I guess. But the first and most important segment is the reconnect piece. So reconnecting with self, reconnecting with our emotions and how we're feeling, and then learning some skills to move through those emotions and or, or sit with them. Um, and process them as we're experiencing them. But uh, learning skills that we mentioned, like breathing, body awareness, and those kinds of pieces. And then the reframe is the second piece of the model. So learning how to perhaps reframe how we're thinking about our goals, what those goals perhaps are. Are there new goals? Are there new values? Are there new things that have come to light, you know, with this deeper learning that we're going to be tuned into more now? And then finally, the uh, routine piece. So setting along setting yourself up for success every day, tuning into routines that are helpful for you to get into the mindset, body set, heart set to create what it is that you want to create. And those routines can shift and change, right? Like as per our needs and as how we're experiencing our lives. So, but having the routines in that you can draw on, I think kind of fosters that, that resilience mindset. And, you know, that we, we have to every day reconnect to that resilience, that how are we investing in our own selves um, before we're serving others and, and things like that. So, yeah, so that's, that's where what we've created so far. It's been super fun for both. I think for me, I can speak for, it's been a really 
uh, fast journey because we wanted to create something that was in the moment and responded to um, the crisis and the chaos that people were experiencing. And we wanted to give some helpful tools and skills that they can use in the moment as well. And I think the absolutely, it, it's been a, a joy, a pleasure, and also learning it, it, as Karen and I have worked together on this. And, 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 you know, Karen and I have known each other for a number of years uh, and we had early on identified that there was a philosophical alignment in, in terms of you know the values that that drove us in terms of some overlap there. And it was kind of just a matter of time of, of figuring out what the right opportunity would be. And um, to your point, Nor, um, this, you know, whether you view this as a hard reset and or um, an opportunity in whatever shape that looks like, you know, reframing the crisis and saying, okay, you know, I've, I've got health, um, our business is in a, you know, financial position that that we, we, we can weather the storm, um, you know, and so how now do we use and leverage the chaos, not for just a, you know, benefit to business, but actually to put something into the world that we think is needed right now and just to do it. So not looking at it through the lens of that this was going to be a product per se, but rather just, you know, saying this is, this is needed, mm-hmm. period, end of sentence, we know it's needed. What? How do we just do something that is the right start to figuring this out and helping a fraction of the individuals in our province in Nova Scotia, in Atlantic Canada, in Canada, start to move through all of the gunk, all of the messiness and help them do what we've done in small bit pieces, which is reframe, reframe the immediate opportunity and take control of what we can take control of. Resiliency is something that from a job market and a career lens, we've been talking about for years. It, it has been identified as a skill that is required prior to COVID, prior mm-hmm. to crisis as something that employers have identified that they need their employees to have and entrepreneurs, we already know that whole shtick. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't survive if, if you don't have this core skill. Does it mean yeah. we, we don't continue to brush up on it? No, like that's not at all what it means. It is something that we have to continue to build that muscle. But through a job lens and particularly working with young professionals and young meaning stage of career where, mm-hmm. you know, they're entering a, a job market in, you know, in a very uncertain economic climate right now and helping to, to create, you know, models to move through that um, and see opportunity in light of crisis, which, yeah, that takes different work for sure, Mm -hmm. but also understanding that this is not just a skill to weather today's storm, but that this is a skill that is going to serve you for many years to come in your career as our economies, as our jobs, as our skill sets and our industries continue to shift just by the nature of us advancing as a society. Yeah. You know, so it's not a new thing that was needed. It's something that we always needed. But to your point, we just had a beautiful, horrific opportunity that shone a big light on it for an immediate need. Yeah, absolutely. And I I would even argue it's it's just quite simply life skills. Uh, That's what you need to weather anything, be it personal trauma or societal or crisis or whatever the case may be, those are the skills you need to tap into to weather those ugly storms and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I know anybody that's listening obviously is going to feel so inspired and will obviously want to connect with both of you uh, individually and also keep tracking uh, what your launch 
coaching and everything that you're co-creating together. So where can they find more information of what you were both creating together and where can they find you? Yeah, um, I guess the easiest way is through social media. Um, both Chantal and I are on social media. We each have our own accounts, but we're both into sharing right now any updates and things like that. But yeah, my my social media, um, Instagram is probably my most used one, um, but I'm on all of the platforms. So uh, Instagram, it's at Strong Beauty Tribe and LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm Karen Furno and uh, Twitter as well, but I'm not so active on Twitter. And website too, obviously, if you want to go old school. <laughs> Um, those updates are shared a little bit on there too but yeah social media I think is probably the most um, for me anyway personally that's how I share Um, so if you want to reach out please uh, do so and uh, yeah I would absolutely honor the uh, conversation and uh, you can find uh, more info about uh, the work that we do newsletter as well as the work that we do with Karen at youonpoint.com that is y-o-u onpoint.com as well as on all social media sites, uh, including LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I am also on LinkedIn. And to Karen's point, in, in terms of honoring the connection and in terms of also Nora, I think being a an immediate small action of, of what it is this podcast you've created is intended to do for anybody who wants to reach out and have a conversation, uh, by all means, find me on LinkedIn, share a little bit who you are, what your journey is, and what we can do to support it would be more than open for the conversation. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, Nor. Thanks, Nor. Thank you so much for listening. Want more? Don't forget to subscribe and to leave a comment below. Stay connected by following us on Instagram at shimi.co. 